we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for January 24th, 2016. Continuing on regarding, we, we had touched on the situation in Burns, Oregon. This next report is entitled FBI Assembling Death Squads as they bring in 200 vehicles to Oregon. Now, there's a further update on what I'm going to be covering, and I just kind of wrote this in. The government is now in the process of locking down Burns, Oregon, uh, closing the roads. The government is trying to isolate this area, and most of the alternative media has demonized this event and told their listeners not to go there to stand against the tyranny this movement is trying to fight. The FBI is refusing to communicate with the protesters now as well. They are most likely doing this so there will be minimum witnesses to the carnage that will ensue and so that they can present their lying satanic narrative when the smoke clears via the government-controlled mainstream media. Please pray regarding this situation. So regardless of how you feel about this situation, this is what I really believe they're trying to set this up for. Uh, they do not want, they cannot... I should say. It's not like do not. In Satan's eyes, he cannot let something like this pass. The sheeple need to know that you cannot orchestrate something like this and get away with it in America. The government can steal, you know, the majority of land, particularly in the West, lock it down, um, and just say that it's their right to do it. That's fine. That's all Jim Dandy. And we're going to talk about that more. But the people can have no right. And, and, and again, I really believe it's a... It's a not that they're trying to, to, to make off with this land. The, the protesters that are, that are protesting this. And, and I'm not saying they went about it the way I would have. Okay, I'm not I'm not saying that, but they're trying to make a point is what they're trying to do. And they're trying to point out a lot of the criminal behavior that the BLM out there, Bureau of Land Management and the other governmental agencies, judges and things like this have done day in, day out for years. They're trying to bring a spotlight on that. Satan does not want that spotlight brought on that. And so it reminded me of this clip from The Bug's Life where they talk about this. I'm just going to go ahead and play this. That ant that stood up to me. Yeah, but we can forget about him. Yeah, it was just one ant. <laughs> one ant. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's just one ant. Yeah, boys, they're puny. Hmm, puny? Say, let's pretend this brain is a puny little ant. Did that hurt? <laughs> nope. Well, how about this one? Are you kidding? <laughs> how about this? So now the big commander bug lets all these little seed things bury these other bugs he's talking to. And the point he's trying to make is that if one ant stands up is one thing, but if you let him get away with it, then there's going to be a whole bunch more ants, and they're going to overwhelm you because they have greater numbers. This is the whole point, and this is what I believe 
why the Burns Oregon situation, unless God intervenes, they will have to be made an example of. And the FBI right now and the government is making sure they isolate the area, making sure they can control the narrative. We already know they control the mainstream media, making sure they demonize everything going on there from their satanic perspective. So that when the carnage happens, when the Waco happens out there, that they want to happen, they will appear as though they were justified and on the side of righteousness. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? And I really believe 100% this is how the exact mindset Obama, his tyrannical government, has toward this situation. It doesn't matter if the protesters at Burns present all the information in the war proving all of the criminal behavior by the government. To them, that is absolutely irrelevant. What matters is keeping the sheeple in line, keeping those ants in line, imposing their will on them. Now, for the most current updates I know of, the I give you a link here, and um, it's the Pete Santilli. You can key it in on the uh, keyword search box on YouTube, and he has a lot of live updates every day. But he's him and his co-host. They're very much. I heard their their report from today, and they're both very fearful that this carnage because they're locking this stuff down they've taken over like i know one of the schools they're they're taking over the hospital all of these fbi agents have moved in they're photographing all the license plate there's all of these people they're inserting there's most likely a lot of um agent provocateurs there it's a bad and and the less people, the less good people that are there, the more ominous and dire the situation becomes. With a certain amount of people there, it's very hard for them to implement what they want to implement. But if they can isolate the area, if they can stop people from going in, if, if they can demonize anything going on there that on the the patriot side, and get those numbers dwindling more and more and more, that's when they're going to go in and, and uh, this will turn into a bloodbath, I fear. In a shocking development, the FBI has brought in over 200 vehicles to Burns, Oregon. To those that know their history, it appears that Burns, Oregon will soon become the next Waco. Eamon Bundy was to meet with the FBI to discuss the present situation. The FBI was a no-show. Would the FBI rather have the Oregon situation turn out like Waco 
with a result in which hundreds of constitutional supporting Americans are murdered at the hands of their own government. Yes, they would. 100%. No doubt. They must be made an example of. The Bundy forces are being incorrectly characterized as being anti-government. They're not. They're pro-constitution. The, the Bundy forces are in the community visiting ranches and trying to correct the abuses of the BLM and the EPA. I mean, they've went in there. They've totally improved the property. I saw a video where they went into one of the buildings, one of the buildings that they have, I don't know, commandeered, whatever verbiage you want to use there, and there were rats. I guess they said there were just rats everywhere. And they've went in there and, and done a lot of house cleaning, a lot of reorganization. They're making sure all the sidewalks are nice and shoveled off. I mean, it's not some it's it's not a group that is going in there trying to destroy property and, and vandalize it. They're doing the exact opposite. They're trying to have dialogue, but the government knows of all the criminal behavior that is participated in there. And so they're they're trying to undergo this massive cover up. They're not willing to dialogue when you have that much corruption going on, when they know that they're in the wrong. They don't care about that. So like I said, unless God intervenes in this particular situation, man, I, I just don't see this turning out well. Um, the Bundy forces are being... Okay, I already read that, sorry. Uh, it is the Obama administration that's anti-government. The Obama administration is anti-Constitution. The Constitution is the supreme law of the land. Anyone who opposes the use of unconstitutional tactics against the American people is anti-government. The Obama administration is anti-constitution and as such are anti-government. Um, anyway, Fox and CNN are part of the movement to supplant the Constitution of the United States. Their daily reports, which characterize Eamon Bundy, Pete Santilli, and the rest of the Bundy camp as being gun-toting revolutionaries looking to shoot government agents, is not only a blatant lie, representative but it's also representative of the of the worst of yellow journalism but fox and cnn are the propaganda arm of this administration's desire to overturn the bill of rights while they impose their bill of wrongs in the lawless future that fox and cnn promote private property will go the way of the dinosaur we're watching history in the making what happens in this organ standoff is pivotal for property rights and the freedom of pe to peaceably assemble in the future Please note that the FBI agents refused to accept a pocket version of the Constitution from the Bundy Group. Uh, the FBI knows that they're, what they're doing is wrong and they don't want any reminders of their unconstitutional behavior. The refu refusal of these FBI guards to accept a pocket-sized version of the Constitution is symbolic of this whole ordeal. This is what the Oregon standoff is all about and what they're fighting against. And what I, I'm giving you a picture of the simulated reserve corridor system to protect biodiversity as required by the UN Convention on Biological Diversity, Wildlands Project, UN and US MAN and Biosphere Programs and World Heritage Program as a vital step in attaining sustainable development. This map was used in the United States Senate to stop the ratification of the United Nations Convention on Biological Diversity. But this is what their goal is. And you can look at this map and see it's I would say the biggest color you're seeing, very close, is red, which is the core, the red areas are core reserves and corridors, little to no human use. And I would have to say that it's pretty much the majority 
of a company a country and then the next one is the buffer zones highly regulated use so that would be almost as bad as the red and that's the other primary color on the american map and so you can use this and and you can see that normal use meaning i guess unrestricted is a light green and it's very very little represents very very little of the country and this is what the goal is and i think what they're doing out there is they're saying okay this is the line in the sand we're going to take a stand now because if we don't take a stand now we might as well just give it all away we might as well just capitulate give in and give the government whatever it wants and they're going to keep continually hurting us into ever these these ever smaller areas in which we can live just like the hunger games this is the goal this map so if if you um It'll be on the PDF for January 24, 2016. You can look it up, too. It's been widely available for years. Now, this is another report that just came out. Breaking 200 FBI vehicles arrive at Oregon standoff. Hillary behind the land grab, selling out to Russia. Now, here's another aspect of this. Why are they trying to get this particular piece of land in particular? And trouble in Oregon started by Bill and Hillary in a massive land sellout to Russian, a Russian uranium company. Clinton Foundation took massive payoffs, promised Hammond Ranch and other publicly owned lands to Russia's along to Russia along with one fifth of our uranium ore. And I'm gonna go ahead and, and play this brief video here. January twenty third, twenty sixteen. Guys, this is a very important update. Please share the information because it's very important for this entire nation. But uh, the governor in Oregon, where we're seeing the standoff, who is a Democratic friend of Hillary Clinton, has ordered the FBI in there, or has allowed them in there and said to shut it down. 200-plus vehicles have rolled into Harney County today. Additional FBI vehicles. Remember, they had set up at the small airport outside of town. So I'm afraid that this governor is going to push this to a massacre or a very bad scene, something we haven't seen since possibly Waco, Texas, if you remember that. Now, what gets really bad about this whole situation is Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Foundation have been exposed as being behind this whole push. And we know Harry Reid's involved, but the, here's what the article's saying. The Clinton Foundation took massive payoffs. They promised the Hammond Ranch and other publicly owned lands to Russia, along with one-fifth of our uranium ore. They're calling her in the article, the whore of Babylon is shredding the Constitution and exposed as an ultimate backer of a massive U.S. land grab. That's going to make a very nice president, very nice president, that would sell our country like this for to pocket money. Sell out your own country. Now, if you remember from all the, the reports I did when the Bundy Ranch debacle was going on in Nevada, one of the main reasons they wanted that land is because that had been promised to China, you know, our largest debt holder. And that whole land, swath of land in there had been promised to China. I believe they were going to put 
potentially solar farms on it and these types of things. And this is why they're coming after this private use land. Uh, all of the money that we owe China and these other countries um, because of the massive debt that we're in, this is w one of the main ways that they were going to not only pay them off but destroy our country, which is the goal of people like Obama and Hillary Clinton and these types of people. That's evil. And it just goes to show you, again, what we're dealing with. But they're saying, as it turns out, there's a lot more to the story behind the Mahir Wildlife Refuge, a whole lot more. And this article is just the tip of the proverbial iceberg. Now, you're looking at a map from the USGS, and uh, tax dollars got this scanned and paid for, and these lands surveyed, and the, all of this information put together. And that's what it's about. It's saying that after further investigation, more pieces of the puzzle have been put in place. And it all points back to the notorious Clinton crime family. Hillary and her foundation are implicated in the dastardly scheme along with the Russian State Nuclear Energy Corporation, Rosatom, and a few dubious Canadian elite. And this is where the news really gets bad. It says Rosatom, the Russian company, is ranked number two globally in uranium. Reserves and number one globally for annual uranium extraction. The sheer power, strength, and size of the corporation is undeniable. Rosatom is a major player in today's power world and didn't become that way for no reason. So Rosatom started expanding their operations into America and needed a way to do it. So in 2013, Rosatom acquired a Canadian company named Uranium One as part of a sinister side deal which involved multiple parties. Ultimately, the deal opened a typically secure and closed door, thus allowing the Russians to get their way into the continental United States as part of a vast and extensive plan to mine uranium ore out of states like Wyoming and Oregon. The deal was essentially brokered by Hillary and was run through the Clinton Foundation using Canadian-backed contrib contributions as a cover with one swoop of a pen. She sold out the American people and one-fifth of America's uranium resources to the Russians. It says two reporters in 2015 came out. They didn't get far with the report. It says at the heart of the tale are several men, leaders of the Canadian mining industry, who have been major donors to the charitable endeavors of former President Bill Clinton and his family. Guys, check out that the Clinton Foundation and what a small, small percentage actually goes to any charity. Members of that group built, financed, and eventually sold off to Russia the company that would become known as Uranium One. It says, beyond mines in Kazakhstan, they're among the most lucrative in the world. These mines that we have, this uranium deposits here, Hillary sold them. The Russians are going to mine them and sell them back to us for our nuclear power plants. They're the major extractor. Says, as the Russians gradually assumed control of Uranium One in three separate transactions from 2009 to 2013, Canadian records show a flow of cash made its way to the Clinton Foundation of $2.35 million in four donations. Those contributions were not publicly disclosed by the Clintons, despite an agreement between Ms. Clinton and the deal struck with the Obama White House to publicly identify all donors. 
Other people with ties to the company made donations as well. Listen, at that time, there was a Russian investment bank with links to the Kremlin that was promoting the Uranium One stock. They flew Clinton in there, Bill, gave him a half million dollars to throw a speech there. That was to cover up to, for the donation. At the time, both Rosatom and the U.S. government made promise, promises intended to ease concerns about ceding control of the company's assets to the Russians. All promises were broken. After that, Uranium One has started buying up companies here now. In four western states, they bought energy metal corporations and uranium holdings in Wyoming, Texas, and Utah. And they got the uranium mill in Utah with 38,000 acres. The deal made clear that Uranium One was intent on becoming a powerhouse in the United States uranium sector with the potential to become the domestic supplier of choice for U.S. utilities. Thank you, Hillary. Thank you, Bill. You got my vote. Someone send this to Donald Trump. He will tear it to pieces. Hillary will have she will be shamed out of the country. She should be in prison. Her and Bill. Now why I'm asking again to make this video viral, guys, is because the Oregon governor, Kate Brown, has stepped in. Remember two hundred plus FBI vehicles have rolled in there today calling for a swift resolution to the armed occupation of the Maui Wildlife Refuge. She's a Democratic shield for the Hillary. You know, guys, it's almost impossible to watch the Democrats talk about the elections or anything else now. You can't believe anything. They will make up lies. It's unbelievable. It's saying Oregon Governor Kate Brown again is criminally assisting the Hillary and the Clinton Foundation, with their master plan to sell out every last bit of America's public lands to foreign entities. Guys, make this viral. Make sure that people that are there can have access to this video if you have links to get it there to them. It's very important. If you have, if you have an, the ability to get this to a news source or a radio source in that area, it would be very helpful. Of course, most of the news sources in that area are very one-sided. They're paid off. Most of the media now, mainstream, was set in place and bought to cover up the lies of what's going on in this world now. The guys, the people there at Malheur, Ammon Bundy and that group are in trouble, I'm afraid. The more public awareness of the situation could stop a slaughter and a massacre. This is a heads up. Be safe. So you can see why they're so insistent on getting um, this land. It's it's essentially been promised to the Russians who have already, sounds like they've prepaid for this. And one more evidence of Hillary and the Obama administration, I'm sure that they're involved, you know, selling out the American populace so that Russia can have a, it sounds like, to have a corner on uranium, on the market in uranium, uh, I, I don't know about worldwide, but but they're trying to, uh, I guess, make sure we wouldn't even have, we'd have to go to Russia to buy their uranium from our own, that's, that's mined in our own country. So this is, an, this is another main reason why 
the government is going to go after this land. It's already been promised to the Russians. Um, they, they can't have this type of, of resistance be successful. And regarding the, the Bugs Life clip that I played there. Um, there's a lot of different reasons. There's also lithium on that land, which is essential for a lot of like the batteries and smartphones and things like that. There, it's also very lithium-rich and uranium-rich. So, the government has went through there and just basically taken most of the land of that state and, and a lot of other, particularly the western states, for one sorry excuse or another. And, and this is kind of what we're facing here. I mean, with the Clintons, <laughs> there's so much criminal behavior regarding both of them. It just... It's beyond comprehension. I mean, I was watching, I was just listening the other day in the car with Sean Hannity, and he had three of the different women that Bill raped um, being interviewed. And, I mean, all of the intimidation by Hillary that took place after the rapes occurred. And they were all giving their first-hand accounts of what happened. And, you know, I haven't seen a thing about it in the news. I've, I hardly have even seen a thing about it in alternative media. It was one of the best things I've ever heard on the Sean Hannity show, ever. And I've seen nothing about it since then. I mean, that was like Thursday or Friday. Nothing. There's been nothing about it. Should be the front page news across America. That devil witch should be totally disqualified from even running for president. She should be on death row. It's the only place she belongs. And Bill. The trail of dead bodies they have left in their wake is unbelievable. I learned about this a long time ago, back in the 90s. With that, with that uh, it was back then it was the VHS tape. And, and I can believe you can still see it on YouTube. It's called The Clinton Chronicles. Just chronicling all the dead bodies, all the cocaine they were flying into Mena, Arkansas. Private airstrip when he was the governor. All the dead bodies that, I mean, and who knows how many more dead bodies since that thing's been released. And yet, you know, not a peep about it. I, I've, re I've hardly seen anything even in alternative media about it. I, I don't know. It's, it just boggles the mind. Okay, so let's move on here. Um, next report, a national ID card is coming soon. You'll need it to fly and drive by 2018. Um. The fr on Friday, the government, the Department of Homeland Security, released updated information regarding the national identification card known as Real ID. Beginning in January 22, 2018, all airline passengers will need identification cards that are compliant with the more secure features required by Real ID Act of 2005. Now, this has been a long time coming. This is one of the main things I was talking about when I first got on air in 2006. And I think there was enough pushback at the time to really derail this for a time period and again this is all started with the real id act of 2005 until this until this deadline meaning january 22nd 2018 all states driver's license and passports will be valid for airline travel currently five states in one territory illinois minnesota missouri new mexico washington american samoa do not comply with the Real ID standards. Several other states are reportedly taking steps to update their identification cards between now and the deadline. These standards include invasive biometric measures. I'm going to play a 
short video here regarding this. This past week we had the Department of Homeland Security release updated information regarding the national ID or this real ID. This is important that people pay attention to what's going on here because they're slowly but surely implementing their plan here to where biometrics are going to be inside of some kind of identification card and then it's going to move to being on the person down the road on the person permanently and what they're stating is beginning January 22nd of 2018 all airline passengers will need identification cards that are in compliance with the more secure features that are required by the Real ID Act of 2005. Now, this Real ID Act was passed in response to 9-11. Now, until the deadline, all states' driver's license and passports will be valid for airline travel. Now, currently, five states in one territory, Illinois, Minnesota, Missouri, New Mexico, Washington, and America, Samoa, do not comply with the real ID standards. Several other states are reportedly taking steps to update their identification cards between now and then, and these standards include invasive biometric measures. Now, travelers in states that do not comply with the strict security measures will be forced to use an alternative form of identification that is recognized by the Transportation Security Administration or the TSA. These options include a permanent resident card, an airline issued identification card, or a tribal identification card. Now most unnerving of all this is the fact that the Real ID requirements extend to driving privileges in addition to airline travel. Yes, extending to driver's license, and if your state driver's license does not meet the real ID standards, you will need to carry another acceptable form of identification and likely will not be able to legally drive. Now, when announcing these new guidelines, the Secretary of Homeland Security, Jay Johnson, offered a firm call to states that dare challenge the federal government's plan. He said over the next two years, the states that do not have the real ID or are not compliant have that amount of time to meet the requirements of the law for the benefit of their residents. That was his words. So this is where it's sitting. There are currently 23 states complying with the real ID 27 states and territories have been granted extensions to comply with this. So, this is where it sits. I figured I would share the information with you folks out there and let it be known that by 2018, whether people realize it or not, they're going to be trying to make sure that the specifications of the real ID are woven into even your driver's license. And you're talking biometrics and all that stuff. So just a heads up, I'll leave a link 
It's been Dabu7. All right, so I, I saw another video that it's called Mandatory Real ID Cards 2016-2017 now. This is even saying it's more aggressive than the last video that I just played. I'm just going to play this news report here. Has started issuing real IDs. They're basically an enhanced driver's license that makes getting through security when you're flying a little bit easier. Aaron Breen joins us now from the DMV office on Galetti Way tonight to sort it all out for us. Aaron. It is a little bit confusing, Kristen, but as we all know, you have to have some kind of ID to get on an airplane, and a lot of people use driver's licenses, which are issued by the DMV, right? Those have been just fine, but about a year from now, that's all going to change. You'll either have to have a passport or you'll have to have a real ID card. Those are given out by the DMV, but when you come in to get one, you need to bring the right documentation to the DMV. Which is important to know before you get here, as it can be a bit of a hassle. I've been here twice, and i got to be sent home one more time. So she's saying about a year from now, whereas the report that I just read was saying that you, beginning in January of 22, 2018, all airline passengers will need uh, identification cards that are in compliance with the more... Secure features required by the Real ID Act of 2005. So it's a little bit of conflicting information, but they're saying it's coming a lot quicker, this local news report. Because my passport's expired and I don't have the stamp on my marriage license. So I got to go okay. to, I said, my still box and find that. But Darlene says the wait has actually been short, and this will all simplify things for her later on. She's right about that, and that's the case for anyone who uses their license instead of, say, a passport for ID. It's a choice. You don't have to get a real ID card, but if you want to get on an airplane after 2016 or sometime... After 2016 or in that time period, an air, an airport... I mean, the other one... So, again, I would say January 22nd, 2018, the absolute possible latest. He's saying it's a lot sooner and he works at the DMV in Reno, Nevada. There, you're going to have to have a real ID card. Or a passport. So what is a real ID card? Well, it looks a lot like your driver's license, but that star and the gold circle around it showed that the DMV has checked out your background. These cards have security features in them, and that's the whole idea behind this, to make our licenses more secure so that when someone presents a license, if it has that, that gold star, the white star in it, in a gold circle, we've been able to verify those documents, and that's something that we never had in the past. Again, it's a choice. Without the documentation, you can still renew your license as usual. Instead, it will say on it, not for federal official use. So if you opt for it, what do you need to bring with you? Well, you need original documents, just like applying for a passport. You have to, to establish your identity, your residency, and, and also Social Security. So those, those documents you have to, and on our website, we would encourage people to go and look at the list. It's very exhaustive of all the documents you can use to verify those things. Now the biggest question of all, which is when does all this take effect? Well, that decision is a federal decision. It's up to the TSA to make, not the DMVs. It's up to the TSA. Oh, good. The closest we could get from them today was merely to say it won't begin before 2016. So it's at least a year away to do that. It's something to think about when you are renewing your... That's not a year away now. <laughs> so, I mean, we're in 2016. ...license when it comes up for renewal, and the technicians are supposed to ask you which way you'd rather go. If they don't, 
you should ask them. And of course, if you're going to go with the real ID, you got to bring the documents with you and be prepared. Covering the story, Aaron Breen, Channel 2 News. In May of 2005, in a military appropriations bill, the Real ID Act was buried within. What is the Real ID Act? Well, it requires that all states follow a federal guideline for state identification cards or your driver's license. Many states at the time stepped up and opposed this unfunded mandate, and activist groups across the nation raised their voice in opposition as well. Not since Obamacare has such a policy been so controversial. Our guest today is Susan Polzel. She's the chief editor and founder of the USIndependent.com. She's our guest on the show today, here to talk to us now about the latest developments in the Real ID fight across America is Susan Posel from the USIndependent.com. Susan, uh, for our viewers that don't know about Real ID, uh, can you give us a brief introduction to it? Real ID is RFID chips inside your driver's license. It is Wi-Fi capable. So if you are utilizing a Wi-Fi signal, you can access the information. Exactly how much of our personal information is included on that chip is unknown. And it is assumed that uh, potentially from birth to present, all of that information could be downloaded and stored on that chip. It's This is why you really need to have one of those secure uh, like ID stronghold wallets to shield uh, they're doing this in the credit cards now. They're going to be doing the ID. They are. They've been doing it in the passports for years. And ID Stronghold makes the shielded wallets, whether it's passport, whether it's wallets for your credit cards or IDs, things like that. Everybody should be using something like that, just for for the standpoint of getting your identity stolen alone. The the potential for that as well. More information than we have on the magnetic strips right now, and that is the crux of the problem. How much information should an agency have if they have access to your a driver's license? The new legislation, the, the National ID card is in it, and it takes three or four pages to describe, and it will be connected with our driver's licenses. The states will be instructed on exactly what they have to do. Social security numbers will be used. Some type of a physical proof, such as fingerprints or retinal prints, have to be on it. So, anyway, that's just a little more of an update there regarding that particular uh, draconian legislation that, you know, has been in the works for a long time now. I've even done, if, if you key in Real ID, Mark of the Beast, all that stuff, I, I if you key in that, I don't even mark. You'll find the studies I did previously on the real ID. And while no, I don't think the real ID is the mark of the beast, obviously, because you have to receive it in your right hand or in your forehead, it is a building, it is a precursor, it is a conditioning tool to ultimately lead to the mark of the beast. Uh, the next report. Will Obama seek the UN Secretary Generalship? Fox, Newsmax, and Yahoo News have, have been reported that a news source, Al Jarida, an Arabic-language Kuwaiti magazine, published an article on Friday claiming that the U.S. President Barack Obama has set his sights on becoming the next Secretary General of the United Nations when he leaves the Oval Office in one year. So, if Obama can 
I don't know, finagle his way through the next year. And let's say he doesn't implement martial law. He doesn't become, uh, you know, the out-and-out dictator that he's trying to... He, there, there's, In other words, if he declares martial law, he can stay in the office of presidency of the United States indefinitely. And this is a big reason why I've said that, that he would try to do that. There's other reports coming out, though, saying that he has set his sights on becoming the U.N. Secretary General, where he would have even more power. Because the U.N. is, is essentially going to be the coming uh, political backbone of the New World Order. So, that is a possibility from what I'm seeing. If true, and if he succeeds in his endeavor, Obama would be replacing the President's Secretary General, Korea's, South Korea's Ban Ki-moon, who is serving his second five-year term in the position. Ban's term as Secretary General is set to end December 31st, 2016, which is coincidentally 21 days before Obama's second term as President ends. So... <laughs> That's something to think about, pray about as well. I mean, I can't imagine that monster being in that particular position. Uh, it, it just boggles the mind. Last report, Obama uh, and the UN Agenda 2030, the recipe for end times global socialism. Sorry, I just modified something there in the PDF. The United Nations and its mostly autocratic member regimes have big plans for your life, your children, your country, and your world. And those plans are not limited to um, coercive climate agreement recently concluded in Paris. While the establishment media in the United States was hyping ISIS, football, and of course global warming, virtually every national government slash dictatorship on the planet met at the 70th, 70th Annual General Assembly at the UN Headquarters in New York City to adopt a draconian 15-year master plan for the planet. The top globalists, such as former NATO chief Javier Salina, a socialist, are celebrating the plan, which the summit unanimously approved as the next, quote, great leap forward. Yes, the old campaign slogan of the Chinese Communist Party, that's the great leap forward. The master plan is comp comprised of 17 post 2015 Sustainable Development Goals with 169 specific targets to be foisted upon all of humanity uh, as the plan states explicitly where it says, quote, as we embark on this collective journey, we pledge that no one will be left behind because Satan doesn't want to leave any stone unturned or any person not, you know, amply punished uh, regarding the coming New World Order. This is what the UN Manifesto read, uh, entitled, Transforming Our World, the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. If you love liberty, self-government, free markets, or the U.S. Constitution, you will almost certainly be wishing that the UN would leave you behind. I cannot even envision how horrific these next 15 years are going to be. I don't think it's going to keep getting pushed back like it has been for quite a while. It seems as though they've gotten, I don't know, more of their ducks in a row. They've become much more bold. They've become much more out in the open. And it really seems like this year is going to be the year that they crank things up.
I mean, unless God intervenes. And, and you know, I, I pray that's the case. I really do. But I know if they had their way between now and 2030 is their ultimate go time to implement this stuff. Goes on to say, if you love liberty, self-government, free markets, or the U.S. Constitution, you will almost certainly be wishing that the U.N. would leave you behind. Officially dubbed Agenda 2030, the U.N. plot, as its full title suggests, is aimed at transforming the world. The program is a follow-up to the last 15-year United Nations plan, which is the defunct Millennium Development Goals. It also dovetails ni nicely with the deeply controversial UN Agenda 21, even including much of the same rhetoric and agenda. But the combined Agenda 2030 goals for achieving what euphemistically is called sustainable development represents previous UN plans on steroids, deeper, more radical, more draconian, and more expensive. So, unfortunately, that's the that's the news that I had to report on for this week. I know that, obviously, there's a lot more that happened. These are some of the high points. These are some of the big things that are going on. And uh, I will just uh, go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day, this time you've given us. I do thank you, Lord, that you've let us come together again to uh, explore, Lord God, these, these end-time current events that we're looking at. Lord, in your word, you said... Um, that evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. We're seeing that occur. Jesus Christ even said that he must work the days, he must work while he can work, while there's still light, essentially, Lord. For the night is coming when no man can work. And it seems as though, Lord, this is the days that we're coming into quickly. I pray, Lord God, for your divine intervention regarding all of these matters that we have brought up and explore today, Lord, and in the previous studies for your divine intervention, Lord God, in, in uh, Burns, Oregon. I just pray, Lord, that your name be glorified through your divine intervention, Lord, that many would actually be saved as a result of what you would do regarding these respective situations, that darkness would be exposed, Lord, and that you give the people eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive that you would wake the people up, Lord God, that the fear of God be upon our enemies and even on the body of Christ, the lukewarm people that would identify themselves as Christians, Lord, that you would light a fire under them and that, Lord, that we would be proactive, that you would use us for your glory, Lord. I pray that you would forgive us for any and all sins we've committed as we forgive those who have sinned against us and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart will be acceptable and pleasing in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us, that you bless, Lord, the body of Christ, Lord, my listeners, the innocent, Lord, the orphans, the widows, those that cannot protect themselves. I pray for them every blessing, Lord. Shelter, food, water, I pray for them protection, Lord. Pray for your divine intervention that your angels encamp around about them, Lord, and go before them to prepare the way. You use them mightily for your glory, and through the body of Christ, you would use them to lead many to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.